2011. Looks like it's going to fall even further um, again this morning. Any sign at all of a bottom here? Uh, not yet. I think there are still good reasons for Hong Kong's market to feel a bit bearish. Um, you know, China's go-go growth era is over. The easy money era, courtesy of the Fed, seems to be over. Um, we've got global concerns over Hong Kong's direction. A lot of uh, human and financial capital has been, fly- has been fleeing mostly to Singapore, regulatory instability on the mainland. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why we're, why people are casting a jaundiced eye towards Hong Kong at this point. Now, the last time Hong Kong suffered an extended downturn, it was followed by a long period of significant growth and prosperity. Those who bet on Hong Kong were rewarded richly. Um, but that was a different era, and I don't think that's likely to be repeated. Um, the way I would look at it is, at, at this point, Hong Kong is simply China, and people should invest accordingly. Okay, Brock. Well, thank you very much. That's Brock Silvers, Chief Investment Officer at Kyan Capital. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And it is once again a sea of red across Asia-Pacific stock markets. The ASX 200 is down 1.7% now. In Japan, stocks slipping further there as well. The Nikkei 225 off 2%. Uh, the Cosby in South Korea down 1.8%, and I'm afraid uh, looks like more downside for the Hang Seng. Its futures pointing to a loss of 150 points there at the open this morning as well. Thank you very much for listening. Stay tuned. Back chat coming up after the news with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse. The weather forecast dry and hot during the day. Maximum temperature around 32 degrees. Windy with a few showers in the next couple of days. 28 degrees right now. 71% relative humidity. <laughs> 32. Here's Ben Che with the Half Hour News. The Travel Industry Council says while the scrapping of the hotel quarantine will be a boom for locals hoping to travel overseas, the relaxation won't do much to draw in overseas travellers, noting that there's a limited number of flights because of the pandemic. The council's executive director, Fanny Young, says it's still difficult for Hong Kong to compete with other destinations that have no travel restrictions at all. She also told Janice Wong that outgoing flights for Hong Kongers hoping to travel travel overseas will remain tight for the rest of the year. I think for the coming few months, uh, I should say up to December, all right, up to the Christmas peak, we, we expect at least that we'll have around 40 to 50 percent uh, of the growth. Uh, I mean, in compared with uh, the last two months. But, but again, I think the, the base is still small, so the absolute number may not be that huge. But the percentage will be will be will be a lot, and and also because you know for travel agency and now a lot of, uh, I mean travel this uh, travelers they are booking online direct, so uh, business go to travel agency will also have a discount there. Beijing says all delegates for next month's 20th Party Congress have been elected. CCTV reported that a total of 2,296 delegates had been picked for the twice-in-a-decade political conclave. The delegates will be tasked with picking around 200 members for the party's Central Committee, and the Central Committee will then vote for the 25-person Politburo and its all-powerful Standing Committee. Analysts also expect President Xi Jinping to secure an unprecedented to third term of office in the Congress that is set to kick off on October 16th. 
Voting has ended in Italy's general election, with exit polls indicating victory for a coalition led by a far-right party. The survey suggests that the Brothers of Italy will be the largest party in parliament, with between 22 and 26 percent of the votes. And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. Uh, I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about the easing of restrictions on inbound travellers. From today, there's no longer a requirement to undergo hotel quarantine. Instead, under what's known as the uh, zero plus three arrangement, arrivals will be given an amber health code for three days which will mean they can still go to work or school but can't visit venues such as restaurants and bars. They'll be told to take rapid tests uh, for a week and PCR tests will be required on arrival as well as two, four and six days later. The authorities are also dropping the requirement for travellers to show a negative PCR test result before boarding their flights. Uh, business organisations and health experts have expressed support for the changes, but many say they hope to see medical surveillance scrapped completely. However, the Health Secretary, Lo Chung Mao, has said it's not the right time to lift all travel restrictions. You can get involved and let us know what you think. Leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 and joining us now in our Admiralty studio, we have uh, Inyaki Amate, who's uh, Vice Chairman of the European Chamber of Commerce here in Hong Kong, and George Cawthorley, uh, Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong International Chamber of Commerce, and also on the line, um, Anthony Zhang, Adjunct Research Chair Professor at the Education University's Department of Asian and Policy Studies and former Secretary for Transport and Housing. Um, perhaps, um, Anthony Chung, if we could start with you. Good morning. Good morning. So you were saying the other day that you were hoping to see uh, more travel restrictions uh, done away with soon. Um, what, what do you think of the current arrangement? And how much of a help is it going to be to get the economy back going again? Well, I think the zero plus three uh, arrangement is a major step forward. Uh, it, because it represents an adjusted uh, assessment of the epidemic situation and it underlines the government's uh, uh, direction, um, as the CE puts it, it is a direction uh, with only one way and that is towards uh, total reopening. So uh, it, it should be read as a good sign. But having said that, I think zero plus three uh, encourages local residents to, to, to go out to travel However, in terms of attracting people to come to Hong Kong, uh, the plus three is still uh, rather restrictive. But of course, the government has to uh, balance various risks. And I just hope that uh, having uh, gone further into such reassessment, the government can be bolder. Because ultimately, reopening uh, of the city must be our priority direction. Otherwise, uh, whatever we say about relaunching uh, the city will not uh, be too significant. Because uh, the, the CE, John Lee, did say that whatever steps are taken would have to, uh, they, you know, uh, the authorities would have to ensure that they didn't have to go back on those steps. So it's a, it's a progression. Uh, what would you expect we might be able to see next? Uh, um, when do you think we might be able to get to zero plus zero, i.e. zero? Well, uh, uh, based on what the sea has said, the 
doesn't want to move forward and then a few steps backward. Mm. I think so, so it's only one direction. And I would read that direction as ultimately zero plus zero, zero lifting all the restrictions. But of course, I, I, I take a point that whatever restrictions you are going to lift, uh, you have to balance such act with the risk of the epidemic. And at the moment, uh, there is split medical opinion uh, worldwide in various countries. Mm-hmm. And then Europe is going into the wintry uh, season. So we have yet to see uh, what the next few months might, might look. But I think uh, the sooner Hong Kong could achieve this zero per zero uh, outcome, the better. Oh, good morning, Anthony. Um, Hi. It, it's, it's, I've just been doing some totting up on my, on my crib sheet here. Uh, yeah, zero uh, plus three is obviously a major step forward from where yeah. we were. Mm. Uh, zero plus zero would be even better. But we're still looking at, I think it's eight RAT tests. Um, one before you get on the plane and seven mm. after you've arrived. Mm. Four PCR tests, uh, controls on entry to all sorts of premises or registering your entry to all those premises. And, of course, this pervasive wearing of masks. Mm. <laughs> it seems to be a lot of disincentive still there. Uh, you, you're right, Mike. I think, uh, as, as we say, uh, the devil is in the detail. Yeah. So it depends on mm. what you mean by zero plus zero. What are the uh, other uh, uh, related restrictions or requirements and whether such requirements mm. are, in fact, uh, a disincentive. But then I think uh, Hong Kong is uh, a, a bit unique among uh, various uh, big cities because uh, for Hong Kong, uh, just the opening uh, connection to the outside world is not sufficient because Hong Kong as a hub is partly based on uh, what Hong Kong can do as uh, an extension of uh, the mainland economy, so to speak. Right. So uh, reopening uh, travel between Hong Kong and the mainland is equally vital uh, for Hong Kong as a, as a sustainable hub. At the moment, of course, the mainland is rather uh, nervous about uh, any uh, research, uh, an, uh, any surge in uh, the epidemic. So I think we have to uh, reassure the mainland authorities that Hong Kong has uh, rather good control of the epidemic such that uh, uh, whatever we do in the coming months can actually help to uh, strengthen that kind of confidence in Hong Kong so that uh, we, we are also able to lift some restrictions, if not all, uh, in terms of travel between Hong Kong and the mainland. Okay, uh, Inyaki Omate, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. So you're Vice Chairman of the European Chamber of Commerce. Uh, how much of a difference is this change going to make to, uh, well, to business travel and business activity here? Well, it's going to be massive, but it's just the beginning, right? Like we've been talking before, this was absolutely necessary to start changing the course of fate of Hong Kong. Now that we have this first step, uh, we need to start rebuilding. We need to start rebuilding the trust of all the international business community outside Hong Kong, that Hong Kong is definitely open for business. But there are so many things that we have, if not lost, uh, really put in a very precarious place during the, precarious place during the last uh, years. We need to make Hong Kong attractive to the world. We need to make people wanting to come here. Uh, including, I mean, everything we just discussed before about the current um, tests that are still required in the zero plus three scheme. 
these are things that uh, making people anxious when they are traveling and coming into a place like Hong Kong. For those that we have been traveling all during these last months, we have actually experienced quite a lot of those new restrictions or requirements to travel into countries that still re require some of these tests during the during the spring <clears throat> and then as these as these uh, requirements have been falling down uh, people are starting to discover that what was traveling before covid i i think we need to have a number of things taken away in, for our people to come here but beyond that we need to regain the trust we need to make sure that there are incentives for the organizations in Hong Kong that will be able to bring back talent, bring back uh, partners, families, um, clients into Hong Kong. That, that is required and we need to have that as a plan that is coordinated and architect across the international business community. What, uh, good morning. What kind of uh, improvement to the present regime would you like to see in the next phase? So definitely, um, we would like to see that there are no restrictions of the kinds of the tests that we need to do when we arrive, uh, before and after arriving. I think the yellow code um, makes it makes difficult for people to, to be able to have a normal um, time in Hong Kong. You, when you come to do business, you, a lot of the business happens also in, in restaurants and bars, so we definitely need to be able to move freely across the city when you come to do business here. So all that needs to be removed. But then I think we are talking also about the long term. We are talking about some of the things that we need to be, to, to see back again into the city, right? Uh, it needs to be a place that, um, um, or used to be a place where, you know, the international business community would feel that the setup was there for us to be able to have the diversity that is required to be a very competitive uh, economy. Right. You want the, well, the sense of welcome to come back. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, George Cotherley, good morning. So you're uh, Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong International Chamber of Commerce. Um, w what would you like to see happen next? Well, I would like to see um, the uh, restrictions further uh, um, relieved. Um, I think uh, in terms of international business, uh, it's a big disincentive to have to go through all the testing that they still have to go through. So I think that sh that that should be those quarantine restrictions should be removed as soon as possible i guess probably they may do that by november when they want to have this big um conference um because i don't think it's going to be very welcoming uh, to have uh, big international business people come here um, and st still feel that their colleagues in future won't be able to come without going through quarantine processes so I think that's the most important thing. Um, and, and I think, uh, yes, looking long term, um, yeah, we have to rebuild um, the uh, Hong Kong story to encourage business people to come back here and uh, reinvest here. Um, and I think that's going to take uh, quite a bit of time. Um, I don't think this is something that's going to happen in the next 12, 18 months. It's probably going to take much longer. Wow. Yeah, George, uh, good morning. Morning, um, Mike. This, when we sit down and compare ourselves as a holiday destination or a place to do business, we're, we're comparing ourselves with, well, number one, Sing Singapore as a business centre, but as a sort of general visiting centre, we're also 
competing with with Thailand, with with Bali, with with Japan, which of course is loved by Hong Kong people. So whether it's a strict, why are these other places reaching different conclusions about the balance between health and economy? remember one day when Singapore had 24,000 uh, cases because I it, it sort of struck, struck me physically almost um, but yes uh, people in the hospital system here tell me that um, we have a lot of people in hospital with COVID but who could be quite, quite comfortable at home and safe at home yes I think I think there is there is over uh, representation of COVID patients in hospitals. I mean, in, in Singapore, basically, if you get COVID, the default is you stay at home. Um, right. And if you feel uncomfortable staying at home, then you take a taxi and you go to your GP and he will assess you and he will either say, there's no problem, go back home, or he'll say, okay, yes, I think you do need uh, a higher level of care, uh, off to hospital. Um, we don't seem to have that system here. Right. And I, you know, um, uh, so, so I think this is something that really has to be addressed by the what about, health department. What about Anthony's point mm. that we have got this, I won't say complication, but this yeah. issue that we also want to open to the mainland mm -hmm. um, because we're, we're the hinge point. We're the, we're the springboard out for mainland companies and we're the springboard in for mm. companies from the rest of the world that, that uh, Mr. Hamati was speaking for. Yeah. Um, if, if that border's not open, uh, that's an issue for us. Well, I think uh, from Beijing's point of view, of course, the more open Hong Kong is to the outside world, the better. I mean, that, that is the, the national right. direct policy direction. But of course, in terms of uh, reopening travel between Hong Kong and the mainland, the many authorities are quite concerned about whether there could be any overspill from Hong Kong should the epidemic yes. do uh, sort of uh, uh, be un unstoppable in Hong Kong. So I think Hong Kong has to reassure the mainland that we are moving forward as far as we can, but with sufficient attention to the potential threat of the uh, COVID epidemic. Right. So I think, uh, in therefore, in terms of infection numbers, because the, those numbers are of interest to the mainland authorities, so in that sense, we, we do not have the advantage of Singapore because for Singapore, so long as the infection level doesn't affect uh, serious cases, fatalities, uh, or overwhelming the healthcare system, the medical system, then everything could move mm -hmm. into uh, the normal. So I think we, we have this double task. At the same, on the one hand, we have to be welcoming. We have to appear to be very welcoming to the outside world. 
uh, and therefore reopening uh, travel between Hong Kong and other countries is very important. But at the same time, we cannot afford to lose sight of the need to reopen travel between Hong Kong and the mainland. It's, it's a very, it's a very that, that, correctness. that's a very difficult task, uh, isn't yeah, it, Anthony Jung, having, having to do th those two things uh, simultaneously? Mm. Uh, do you do you think we're getting the balance right? I don't know whether we are getting the balance right because uh, I think the government has not, uh, unfortunately, has not been totally uh, transparent in terms of how it assesses the current situation. And that is why earlier I advocated that the CE should make, the, make use of the forthcoming policy address, his first policy address, to unveil a roadmap to this ultimate uh, full reopening. And uh, I, but we don't need to do the two things, mainly reopening travel between Hong Kong and the outside world and re reopening travel between Hong Kong and the mainland simultaneously. Right. I think by now we don't have that uh, luxury. So one step for, uh, at, at a time, I think now we have tried to reopening uh, uh, travel with the outside world. I think uh, then we should also gradually move towards a more relaxed Right. Uh, arrangement for Hong Kong at the minute. Should we should we accept that the first phase is the outside world, even if that means stricter entry for the time being between Hong mm. Kong and the mainland? Uh, whether the uh, requirement between Hong Kong and the mainland can be relaxed, uh, I think that is not just something that Hong Kong can decide right. really naturally, obviously. But uh, the more confidence we can. Uh, give the mainland that Hong Kong is keeping things under control, the epidemic is not going to uh, have another surge, another spike again, then uh, that helps. And also, of course, uh, the advantage that Hong Kong can gain from uh, more uh, reopening to the outside world, I think that would also help to convince uh, the authorities on the mainland that that is the right step uh, uh, forward. Did you think the mainland needs to review its zero COVID policy? I think there, there is an ongoing process of reflection. Of course, uh, it takes time because the, 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 the way the, 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 the Beijing uh, sort of balance, balances various risks perhaps is slightly different from other countries. First of all, it's such a huge country, there's a disparity in terms of uh, uh, conditions. Uh, 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 and also, should there be any research uh, in the um, uh, uh, epidemic, then of course, uh, the kind of uh, impact could be quite serious. But right now, uh, my view is Beijing could not afford to use the old two, in other words, the, the, the methods adopted in 2020 or even 2021 to the current situation because the nature of the virus has changed. The impact on social and economic life is more getting more serious because people become uh, have this fatigue and then the prolonged uh, restrictions might also affect the economy. Mm. Um, Mr. Amate, um, from your members' point of view, uh, uh, is international travel or, or contact with the mainland the possibility of reopening the mainland border? Uh, which one of those would take priority or are they equal priority or what's the situation? I think right now opening Hong Kong 
is then step number one and the most welcome thing from our members. At the same time, our members are telling us that with the current setup to cross the border from Hong Kong, uh, is super challenging and is, there is a need for clarification and simplification on the process. You know, the, the locket draw is creating a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. for those members that they don't know how long they need to wait before they cross the border. I think there is an opportunity for Hong Kong to use this time window that is going to be between now and the time that China finally, finally opens to the world. And that time window gives Hong Kong the opportunity to become again that small center hub where the Chinese counterparts come and visit in order to do direct business with the international business community. Mm -hmm. that, we don't know how long that will last, but actually that's going to be an opportunity for Hong Kong to start accelerating that process of rebuilding. But we have mm -hmm. to be open to the rest of the world Correct. as a first step, otherwise nothing happens. George? Yes, I, I, I agree with that. And one other point I'd like to raise is actually there's a, there's a problem with interprovincial travel in China. So yes. we may open up uh, to the mainland eventually, um, but at the moment, I mean, my, my colleagues in China find it very difficult and very risky traveling from province to pro province because sometimes provinces won't let them go and, and also they're worried that if they go somewhere, they might encounter a lockdown and they can't get back. So it's not, it's, it's not a very straightforward thing traveling in China. Right, so what's within our power is between Hong Kong and the rest of the world, what's going to be much trickier in negotiating is between Hong Kong and, and the mainland. Absolutely, yes. Mm. Um, Inyaki Amate, would, would you agree with uh, George Cawthorley that it could, could take a long time to fully restore uh, confidence in Hong Kong as a, as a business centre, as a place to come to? Well, it's going to be gradual, right? I think that we... We see that, I mean, it can take quite a bit of time to start attracting all these people from abroad. And it will take, like I mentioned before, some orchestration in convincing organizations, public, private organizations abroad, that Hong Kong is, is no longer a risky place to come and do business, right? So all that is something that is not going to happen overnight. Attracting the tourists, same thing, right? I mean, the, the moment we hear from the airlines that, I mean, at the mo they, are, they are struggling to attract talent to work for them and increase the number of flights that come to Hong Kong. So, all together, it's a roadmap. You know, it's a roadmap of activities that we need to put in place in order to reactivate the internationalization of Hong Kong. We need to get, you know, English, again, used as a common language like, like Cantonese and Mandarin in Hong Kong to be able to make it feel welcoming for those that are coming into Hong Kong. So there are a number of initiatives that we need to put in place in order to get back to what we used to be. Do you think some of these events that are coming up are at risk if we, if we haven't opened up more? Absolutely. Definitely. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit worried about, I'll be frank, I've been to every Rugby Sevens between 1976 and... <laughs> and, and the last one that was held here you were really worried that this would not happen right i i'm worried that it happens and is not as successful as we want it to be i think it will be a big success because the people in hong kong definitely need time to party and celebrate yes i'm just wondering about not eating in the stadium or, <laughs> uh, or, or wearing a mask for two and a half days in, yeah. in fresh air True, yeah, but I think that 
that is all balanced out with the fact that I mean people really want to have a good time. We haven't yeah. had a party for a long time. That's right. <laughs> You've got a twinkle in your eye, Mr. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Anthony Jones, do you think the uh, the Bankers Conference and the Rugby Sevens will be a good way of uh, uh, kick-starting uh, Hong Kong, if you like, and, and our image on the global stage? I think it will be a good way. Uh, of course, uh, those uh, restrictions, there are still some restrictions, so the party will not be as exciting as before, but uh, at least this is a new beginning. And uh, even we are still un having some restrictions, but I hope that uh, people will understand that we are moving more boldly forward. That's why a roadmap is so important. And ultimately, of course, it's not just the COVID. I think we have the, the, the overall ambience of the city, the environment. I think that is something that the international community is also uh, concerned about as far as Hong Kong goes. Um, that's why uh, the roadmap is not just a roadmap about COVID. I think it's a roadmap of how we would relaunch this uh, uh, full opening of Hong Kong to the outside world, how we connect better to the outside world, despite what happens uh, in COVID and what happens in Hong Kong and other areas over the last few years. Uh, uh, George uh, Cawthorne, we've got about 30 seconds before we have to take a break. Uh, what would you like to add to that? Thank you uh, to the three of you for joining us this morning. That was uh, George Cawthorley, Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong International Chamber of Commerce. Thanks very much to Anthony Jung, Adjunct Professor and Chair Professor at Education University's Department of Asian and Policy Studies, and to Inyaki Amate, Vice Chairman of the European Chamber of Commerce. We're going to take a break. We'll be back uh, for the news. We're going to be back at three minutes past. Uh, a quick look at the weather. 28 degrees uh, centigrade. It's going to be hot today. Humidity, 69%. Chat. Call us on two double three double eight two double six and have your say. And welcome back to Back Chat uh, with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning we are talking about the easing of uh, travel restrictions with hotel quarantine uh, no longer being required, replaced instead by a uh, zero plus three arrangement whereby new arrivals will have to uh, self-monitor. Um, I have a number of emails here from listeners which I would like to read out just before we introduce uh, our two guests for this part of the programme. Um, uh, just a reminder, you can uh, email us uh, at backchat at rthk.hk or our Facebook address is backchat on rthk radio 3. Uh, Richard writes on our Facebook, uh, testing, testing and more testing. It's going to take uh, Hong Kong a long time to recover from this and I don't think the people in charge realise the damage they've done. Um, uh, Neil, in an email, writes, uh, I've just gone through the uh, three... Uh, plus four, uh, finishing with a mandatory PCR 
at a government facility on Saturday and final self-reported RAT on Sunday. In other words, uh, ten days of surveillance, not seven. This is a joke. The uh, all-pervasive masks and the idea that people at the sevens are to gather in groups of less than eight. Uh, how, he says, question mark, all mean no one will want to come unless they have to. I have a question, uh, having dropped their pre-flight PCR, will the pre-flight RAT be self-administered or under supervision and how long before the flight? If people have to travel from home to airport, then a supervised RAT within 24 hours of the flight, uh, which was an alternative to PCR in UK, is just not possible. Uh, that's that from uh, Neil. Uh, thank you. Uh, we'll see if we can find a, an answer to that. I think it's self-administered. Right. We have to report the result electronically right. to some central system. OK, good. All right. Uh, with yeah. a picture. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Um, uh, James says, uh, uh, who cares anymore? The government experts are ignored. How much are they paid to be ignored? Sadly, Hong Kong has lost its relevance. Uh, um, this one under... Uh, this one from Mark with the subject line heading towards zero plus sevens says uh, which is great news not quite, <laughs> don't quite get that sorry uh, uh, Leon writes uh, the zero plus three could hammer local consumption because Hong Kong residents will resume overseas travel, take me as an example I haven't travelled for almost three years I now have the green light to go on holiday and have booked a one month holiday in Thailand, Hong Kong will lose local consumer spending without the concurrent inflows from tourists who will stay away until it's zero plus zero and Philip says, uh, well, it's a great day as we move forward to zero quarantine, albeit uh, well overdue. The Minister of Health has poo-pooed the idea of zero travel restrictions and had tried to defend his previous statement that uh, to open up was a way to hell. Was he thinking rationally when he said this? The reason 9,000 people have died with COVID is because nearly all of them were not vaccinated. Had the government uh, tied the electronic handouts with vaccination proof, had sweeter carrots or even mandated vaccination uh, the, uh, the number of people who died would have been a fraction of the 9,000 the health minister would then not be able to hide behind the inadequacies of our last CE and her team some pretty strong uh, comments there from uh, listeners um, all well I guess uh, everybody's welcoming the relaxation of the travel uh, rules, but uh, a lot of people think well maybe it should have been done earlier anyway um, we're joined now uh, in the studio by Paul Leung, who's chairman of the Hong Kong Inbound Travel Association. Yeah, good, morning good morning to you. Yeah. Good morning to you. And also on the line we have Fanny Young, executive director of the Travel Industry Council. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And thanks for joining us. Um, so, uh, Paul Leung, so um, how are you feeling now, this morning, now that uh, the, uh, the mandatory hotel quarantine has been uh, dropped? Yeah, of course, the, uh, uh, for the in travel industry, we welcome this. At least this is the first stage. Uh, at least for the outbound travel, uh, we have some hope. At least a lot of uh, people in Hong Kong will be locked up for the last three years, and now they can fly out, right? So uh, uh, the three, the zero plus three, so it's, um, once it's relaxed, I think we will help all the outbound travel. Right. Yeah, and and also uh, this is important for the domestic helpers also, 
because all the domestic helpers, when they come in, they really don't have to stay there. At first, it's 21 days, 7 days, and 3 days. And now, it's all, you know, it's all up to them whether they want to stay 3, three nights. But a lot, uh, around 50% of them, wants to stay in the hotel also. It's not only, it's not uh, because of this relaxation and then they can move around, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is good also, but and another thing good is the, the PRC test. You know, for the domestic helpers or also the, the local residents, when they arrive in Hong Kong, uh, they need 48 hours. Now they, now they lift it up. So it is very helpful for the passengers to come to Hong Kong because not, not Hong Kong. Hong Kong is easy to, to get the PRC, but, but for instance, you are talking about Indonesia or you are talking overseas, about Manila, right? right? Overseas. Because, it, because the requirement has been dropped by most other places, yeah. then the clinics no longer offer the service. Right. You are right. You're perfectly right. So that's why in a lot of them, uh, they miss the flight because they cannot get the, the certificates. Right. <laughs> so and they lost the, and they missed the flight and they and they missed the hotel rooms and all this and right. and this is an extra expenses for the employer. It's not the employee. So basically, it's much more welcoming for Hong Kong people now to go out on holiday uh, yeah. because they're not scared of the regime when they come back. <laughs> but what about this effect on spending and the yes. local economy? Uh, and that's why when we turn back, we will take a look at the inbound travel. So uh, it doesn't help much on the inbound because on the zero plus three, and you can expect the tourists to come over in Hong Kong, although they, they don't need to stay in a hotel, but, but the tourists need to stay in a hotel. And where do they stay, right? Definitely it's the hotel. So, and the, the other part, the, the the things is they cannot go to the restaurant, they cannot go to the theme park. They, no, where do they go actually? Uh, if you are going, if you are a tourist, so we are just looking forward that how when are they going to right. to so change if you, it? If you have to come here for business or to visit relatives for some reason, this is a step forward. But if you don't have to come here. We're no longer competing. Uh, yeah, right, right. As I just mentioned, this is the first stage. We look forward to to future to, stages. Uh, yeah, to to make it zero plus zero, mm. right? Mm. But before that, we have to be we uh, the the industry have to emphasize that we got to have a lot of preparation before we receive all these tourists to come over. Uh, how are we going to do that? You know. Uh, uh, we really had to uh, take some time to figure out uh, what we're going to do and what kind of preparation we do uh, because it's been three years, right? right? Like the buses, eh, eh, all the buses are lying in, the, in, in, in Kwai Chung, right? It's, it's not using. So mm. how are you going to, to, to mop them up? Fanny right. mm. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yes. How, how are you seeing the situation? Uh, you, you mean the uh, the restart of business or, or yes, the yeah, relaxation? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And how how, how long is it going to take? Do you think before we can you know, be fully back to normal? Well, I think it, it really takes a long time for travel industry to, I, I mean, the recovery for travel industry. As Paul uh, exactly uh, pointed it out, I mean, a lot of the preparations need to be done. So, 
from the government end, while we understand that they need more data uh, to, to go for a further relaxation to 0.0, but um, we really need a timetable, a timeline for them, because um, well, we, we, we also need to recruit a lot of staff as well. You know, right now, a lot of, uh, I, I mean, because of the pandemic, there was a lot of staff, they, uh, I, I mean, they're redundant, or they only um, have um, two days a week work. And we have a lot of uh, the uh, travel practitioners, they, they change their job, they change their industry. So it takes time for us to get back the people, get back the resources, get back the talent to the industry. Uh, well, in addition to what uh, Paul did mention, uh, as you see, all the coaches over there in Kwai Chong, it stopped for it stopped there for almost three years. So they need to restart the engine. They need to go for servicing. But if we we start to do it now, and then we we still don't know when we we have to wait. So so I think all these things. Uh, I think we need a lot of preparation and also financial support from the government as well. What about the airlines? Are they going to be ready to bring in tourists? Uh, well, actually, uh, what we see, though, um, you know, last Friday since the relaxation measure announced, uh, we found that a few airlines, their, their website were, uh, I mean, too busy to respond, right? <laughs> the crash, so, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I think a few of them. So, um, so anyway, um, I, I mean, for for the airlines to, um, I mean, the airlines need to resume their capacity ASAP. But we we have been communicating with the airlines. Uh, I mean, over the last few months, they they also have their difficulties because uh, right now, even though when we look at um, until the end of this year, I think this is less than one third of the flight. Uh, I, I mean, this is resumed in uh, in compared with uh, I mean pre pre uh, right. pre-pandemic. So, um, well, even though we, we expect a lot of demand there, um, but the, the capacity is not there. And also, you, you can, I, I just noticed during the last weekend, just two or three days, the, the airfare is much, much more expensive, even though with that two days. So I think this is also hesitating, uh, I mean, Hong Kong residents from, from traveling. The, the airlines have a, has a problem there because of the, uh, I mean, they don't have the, you, you know, uh, again, I mean, staff again. Uh, also, of course, including the pilots. Uh, though they have the trained pilots, but even though the trained pilots, they need to have the on-job uh, training and accumulate a certain of hours before they can really right. responsible to operate a flight. So all these things, it takes time. I, I just don't think in the coming one or two months, then they can just resume it. Uh, I mean, it's very fast pace. There's so many pieces of the jigsaw, aren't there? It, the planes have been mothballed in the desert, mm -hmm. so they have to be checked again. The, some of the pilots have lost, have lost their licenses and are no longer operating because they haven't got enough hours every month. And that, that needs is. to be bring, them, bring them back in. I get the impression that from the staff in the office that half of Hong Kong is going to be in Japan as soon as they can get there, which is sort of going out and they'll need to come back. So certain routes are going to be pretty busy if the capacity can be found. Yes, exactly, exactly. So so that, that is also the reason why I just mentioned travel industry recovery takes a, I mean, takes a long time for the recovery and preparation. So, so we, that's why we always have been asking we need a timetable. Right. Try to uh, the other solution is try to get the cruise back to Hong Kong. You know, one one cruise ship. You know, it, it takes about three or four thousand people going to Japan. So we try to, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> so we try to try to move in all, uh, the the. 
the cruise lines to come uh, to come back. Yes, mm. that was very unfortunate. I think the, all the big ones have have assumed that Hong Kong won't be open. <laughs> so, oh well, yeah. Yeah, because too too much restrictions here. So, so you, you need a timetable. Mm. It sounds like the the need for a timetable is critical because the preparations that you've talked about, the warming up the engines of the buses and yeah, the Baichung right. and everything else, bringing staff back, companies are only going to hire those staff if they know there's going to be income sort of at a reasonably promised time ahead. They're not, nobody's going to bring back lots of staff uh, with this still uncertainty about revenue. Yeah, the the you know you're talking about revenue. You know a lot of uh, uh, local Hong Kong guys at least living in Hong Kong. So it's all the hotels, you know, I know may be empty if if they don't get in some of the inbound travel. So I think uh, they should work on more on the inbound. So. Be, uh, uh, during this time, because a lot of people will like to travel out, so like the restaurant, the, the all this may be empty. You know, if if there is no tourist to come in, so because to China, I don't think they they will open the China soon. So, but on the other side, and the airport, if they open up the airport, we need more tourists to come over. So. Mm, how are we going to do that and try to make it zero plus zero? Fanny <laughs> mm, mm, mm. uh, Young, the, the catering industry has expressed a concern that uh, uh, they could have a pretty bleak time over the winter if a lot of people are, are travelling out of Hong Kong now, uh, but no tourists are coming in. Um, do, do you think they're going to struggle? Uh, yes, I think definitely they will struggle. But, um, well, yes, the situation is that that, uh, that bad, which I, I may not think so. As we mentioned, the flight capacity is not there, right? Mm. I mean, not all the people want to rushing out, but they, they won't able to do so because flight capacity is not there. Mm. Yes, yes. And, and, and like we were saying just now, um, a, a, lot of air, a lot of aircraft have been sort of... Um, you know, mothballed uh, in the desert in dry places. It's a very lengthy and uh, time-consuming and expensive process uh, to bring them back and and get them ready and test them and make sure everything's everything's right and before they can go back in the air, isn't it? Sure. Uh, but having said that, of course, we we need to have the zero point zero. Uh, I mean, to 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 be relaxed uh, ASAP. Uh, otherwise, you know, if the preparations, all these things can be done, but the zero point zero, I mean, zero point zero is still not coming. Then, I mean, the uh, I mean, the local uh, retail market or, or the restaurant, the, the catering uh, sectors would be really affected. Mm. So we've got about uh, three weeks, I think, uh, to go uh, until the policy address. Uh, would you be expecting to or hoping to see um, a roadmap uh, in the policy address or even before then? Uh, well, I think it's more or less that timing. The, uh, what, what we expect, uh, the relaxation of 0.3 is effective today. So we expect less than a month's time for the further relaxation because we, we, we understand government needs time to, to, build, uh, to get the data. So... Well, I think three weeks' time for, for the data should be sufficient. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the government uh, and has made, um, you know, uh, uh, re repeated statements, obviously, that uh, <laughs> the numbers have to come down because, uh, obviously, um, you know, the health care system has to be able to cope with the number of infections. Um, uh, I, I mean, are you encouraged by the figures? I mean, um, we're, we're down. Yesterday's figure was below four thousand, and, right, and it right, was over right. ten thousand, uh, just uh, not very it, long exactly. ago. So, mm. 
Exactly. But besides the number of cases, I think we also need to look at the severe cases and also the death cases as well. I mean, the number of severe and death cases as well. And uh, I think the most importantly is we, we need to manage the medical stress, uh, I mean, because of this uh, COVID. So if that is manageable, uh, the, I, I mean, the number of uh, positive cases may, may not be the only factor, I should say. Right. What would, you, what would your favourite, if you had one wish, uh, for the next phase of relaxation, what would it be? Of course, zero point zero. With fewer tests? Uh, well, I think for the test, because right now, uh, I think they, they replaced the P PCR with the RAT for, uh, I mean, pre-boarding. Right. So that is a significant improvement already. Though after coming to Hong Kong, they have uh, several RAT and also PCR tests. But uh, again, to me, that one, if, um, we, if we can have regular more RAT tests, which we can just upload over, instead of PCR, that would be, uh, I, I mean, another uh, bonus. But again, zero, uh, zero plus zero is the most important. Mm -hmm. Paul? Yeah, Paul? right. Of course, you know, zero plus zero is, is definitely be, uh, for the tourists, for the incoming tourists. It's got to be zero plus zero. Mm -hmm. right? if, if not, nobody will come to Hong Kong and stay in the hotel for three nights or two nights or whatever. Exactly. You know? I mean, yeah. the world has been open. I mean, every, every, I mean, every other place, you don't have this restriction. Why you have to choose Hong Kong as a destination, right? Right. right. If, you're, if you're sitting in Europe or North America or Australasia and you've got the brochures for... Bali and Singapore <laughs> and Thailand and Tokyo. Exactly. And then exactly. you compare and you've got the, the brochures for Hong Kong and you're thinking, well, that's a very exciting place. I want to go there. Yeah. But what's all this stuff about <laughs> testing? What's all this stuff you, about masking? And you will drop it. <laughs> you, will, you will drop Hong Kong anyway. That's right. Show, anyway, show me definitely. those brochures for Thailand again. Yeah. Yeah, that's, they will that's go the trouble, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Thailand or Indonesia, you know, definitely yes. they will go there uh, instead of Hong Kong. Uh, but Hong Kong, you know, we we have our attraction also, you know, yes. and um, a great attraction. But the only thing is, uh, we have to relax the, the zero plus three. You turn it to be zero plus zero. Uh, so that means to say everybody walk in, you know, is is okay. But if you want to have the test, I think it's reasonable, you know, is uh, that they can have the test, but uh, cannot be locked up in a hotel for three days, you know, and, and cannot go out. So why, why, why do they have to come to Hong Kong if they, mm -hmm. if they cannot go out? You know, Hong Kong is famous for shoppings, you right. know, especially people who go around and uh, to see more things. Has your association written to the chief executive? No, we, 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 we don't, but we... we uh, I'm also uh, uh, one one of the uh, directors in uh, in TIC. Uh, right. Uh, so you know we are talking about this, but the the point is that's the government policy. So it's difficult that we we can change it. You know, uh, especially those um, medics uh, problems. Uh, no, yes. uh, the zero plus three uh, is really. Uh, uh, it's really good for the outbound, uh, for the outbound traffic, you know, it's good for them, but not for the inbound. Because the people yeah. already here have been feeling trapped for nearly three years, so 
Oh, wow, zero plus three, that's much better. <laughs> yeah. Now I can have a holiday. Yeah, uh, the feeling is different. You know, that's yes. why when you are talking about Aubang, a lot of people uh, will rush out, you know. They really want, wants to go out. But uh, but as far as far as the hotel is concerned, I think in Hong Kong, I think they will, if they don't relax the zero plus zero, so I think the hotel in Hong Kong may have problems. Because uh, yes. um, no... Uh, no quarantine hotel or the quarantine hotel will be relaxed and mm. what happened no to, to the rooms. No, no, no <laughs> right? tourists and no, no, no quarantine. And so what, they'll have yes. to just rely on right. sta staycations by, by local people. People, people you know. are going out. Yeah, people <laughs> will go out. They, they don't like the stay vacations. <laughs> right? I suppose the, the, the sort of knight in shining armour will be if we open with the mainland or, and you can do your mainland quarantine in Hong Kong Hotel. Would, would that be some alternative business for them? No, I don't think it, it works, right? You know, <laughs> If you've got to do seven days in a hotel, doing seven days in a Hong Kong hotel instead of a Shenzhen hotel, can we mm. get some business from them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. What? I, I think that it's only the reverse, under the reverse uh, yes. quarantine, yeah. that, that, that program. But, but frankly speaking, I mean, uh, as a downtown hotel, how can you, I mean, being a reverse uh, quarantine thing, right? Because it has to be a closed loop or sort of thing. Which, right. Well, practically, I think it is not not really feasible. And, and going back to what you have mentioned, actually, uh, I mean, uh, Travel Industry Council, as a chamber of the, uh, I mean, all, all association, we, we have been we have been writing uh, have been writing to to the government for several times, together with even uh, port associations. We we I, I mean, co uh, uh, collectively, we we raise all these kind of issues to the government, to different departments. So so we right. have been asking. A lot, but almost the, every month, I just say. But the chief executive, though, has asked, hasn't he? He's asked, asked for everyone's ideas for his policy address. We did, mm. we did, we did. We you did have responded. Uh, yes, we, we have responded. I think uh, two, around two weeks ago, we, we uh, put into our uh, recommendations, comments, and then to, to the PA, to the policy address. Okay, so a quick message here from the transport department. Uh, says, uh, owing to a traffic accident, uh, parts of Longchung Road at Kuntong Bound near Temple Mall are closed uh, to traffic. And there's a the traffic queue um, goes back to uh, Qingcheng Road near Sook Estate. Uh, it's very congested in the area. Motorists are advised. Uh, uh, to uh, drive with utmost care and patience. Um, so, uh, uh, Paul Leung, yeah. Um, yeah um, so apart from zero plus zero, um, like requirements such as face mask wearing, which uh, most of the rest of the world has uh, dropped now as well, yeah. um, how much sort of do they affect the image of Hong Kong, do you think, as a, as a place to come to? Because it's very visual, isn't it? People see a picture of Hong Kong and everybody uh, in walking around the city is wearing a face mask. At, yeah, I don't think it is really a big problem because, uh, uh, you know, in Hong Kong, everybody, you know, we get used to have a face mask. You know, in, Hong Kong uh, people get used to it, but foreigners yeah, are not used to it. Yeah, I know, but... The point is, uh, whatever they find, I think at the moment is what they come is mostly is the Southeast Asia group. It's not really the, the Europe. You, mm -hmm. If you are talking about the Europe or the, the States, so it may, it may have a difference. But if you are talking about the Southeast Asia, uh, no, they, they, they are, they are, 
they are not not that uh, restricted on mm. you know, on on the mask. Mm-hmm. You know, if they really uh, have to take the mask uh, when when they walk around, you know, when they travel to Hong Kong, they have to wear the mask. I think it may have a problem. I think it, it, you know, if you are going to open the airport, you need to open the mask restriction as well. So, because you you, it's hard for the tourists to wear compulsory mandate to to wear the mask to walk around to do all the shoppings. You know, it's difficult for them also. Fanny. Well, uh, to, to me, I think uh, you, you are very right that, uh, I mean, the image is not good. But right now, I think we are more concerned with the practical. So as long as they open the open the boundaries, I think that is what, what, maybe one one step at a time. So so we can still manage, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much uh, to both of you for joining us uh, on the programme this morning. Uh, that was uh, Fanny Young, Executive Director of the Travel Industry Council. And thanks very much to uh, Paul Leung, uh, Chairman of the Hong Kong Inbound Travel Association. Uh, let's have a quick uh, look at the weather before we go to the news summary, um, followed by a brunch with Noreen. So it's going to be uh, mainly fine, uh, dry, uh, hot during the day. Top temperature around uh, 32 degrees in the urban areas, uh, a couple of degrees uh, higher in the new territories. Moderate uh, fresh east to northeasterly winds. Um, the outlook uh, windy with a few showers in the next couple of days. It's currently 29 degrees. The humidity is at 69%. Um, Thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, Thanks to uh, everybody who wrote in. Quite a lot of uh, emails and Facebook messages uh, this morning. Um, As always, uh, thanks very much to our uh, Monday guest presenter, Mike Rouse. I have a feeling we're going to hear this subject again. (laughs) I think we are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, zero plus zero, that will be when that happens. That will no doubt be another programme for us. And thanks to our producer, uh, Yuki Jung. Given the volatility of the pandemic, please get the third COVID-19 vaccination dose soon. The antibody level will drop over time after receiving a vaccine. Getting the third jab gives extra protection to guard against the virus. Most importantly, it reduces the risks of severe disease and death. The mutant strains are highly contagious. Get the first and second doses soon if you haven't done so, and receive the third one on time to protect yourself and those around you. Enhance protection. Get all three doses. The new summary with Ben Che. The Travel Industry Council says the scrapping of the hotel quarantine will be a boon for locals hoping to travel overseas, but won't do much to draw in overseas travellers, noting that there's a limited number of flights because of the pandemic. The council's executive director, Fanny Young, says it's still difficult for Hong Kong to compete with other destinations that have no travel restrictions at all. Overseas, voting has ended in Italy's general election with exit polls indicating victory for a coalition led by a far-right party. The survey suggests that the Brothers of Italy will be the largest party in parliament